Welcome to Books with Noah, a podcast where I talk with my friends about their favorite books. Today I'm here with my friend Ben, and we're going to be talking about Priya Parker's book, The Art of Gathering. Hi, Noah. Hi, Ben. Thanks for joining us. Me. (laughs) Um, Thanks, Noah. I'm so excited. This is a great book. Awesome. And you had a quote you wanted to launch us off with that kind of, I guess, epitomizes the feeling. Yeah, well, this this book here is uh, all about um, being together. And a big part of it is about how do we start being together. And uh, so I just wanted to be intentional about that and um, bring us into the world of Priya Parker and the art of gathering. That's right. So this first, uh, this first bit here, it's from the first, this is the first page of the first chapter, number one, uh, the chapter, Decide Why You're Really Gathering, and this is the first paragraph and a half. Yep. Why do we gather? Why do we gather? We gather to solve problems we can't solve on our own. We gather to celebrate, to mourn, and to mark transitions. We gather to make decisions. We gather because we need one another. We gather to show strength. We gather to honor and acknowledge. We gather to build companies and schools and neighborhoods. We gather to welcome. We gather to say goodbye. But here's the great paradox of gathering. There are so many good reasons for coming together that often we don't know precisely why we are doing so. And I would just add that we also uh, often don't know how we're doing so. It means that sometimes we get into trouble and then we're not really sure where we are or what we're trying to do. And uh, sometimes our intuition can carry us the rest away, but sometimes it can't. And then that is where Priya Parker's Art of Gathering comes into help. Yeah, that's right. And i got to say, it was... Maybe it's just reading this in the end of 2020, but opening up with that, it was so shocking. I was like, that's right. All of these things are so important to human existence, and a lot of them have been eliminated or changed. And it's really made me realize how much I missed those kind of events. And, and you know, everything from conventions to, you know, the classical dinner party, if you will. Um, I've been pretty sheltered. I know not everyone is, but yeah, it it's an it, interesting. It gets book to hard read now. to gather on Zoom. It's yes. hard to gather generally, and it's really hard to gather on Zoom. Right. It, yeah. And speaking of that, have you noticed um, in Zoom gatherings? I've noticed this that they are much more egalitarian, right? That you don't have. It's not like you're in a conference room or in a church where you know someone's up on the pulpit and they're leading the show. It's like everyone is in the same box usually, and it. it you, it makes it harder to to be the host that Priya Parker tells you to be. Uh, have you seen that? I, I would just say that there are a lot of differences to gathering in person versus gathering online and gathering over Zoom. And for all the challenges, there's also a lot of opportunities to be had, like a lot of them. Yes, and I, I think it's worth thinking thinking a lot about. I think, I think Zoom has offered us a new social frontier of sorts, a new social technology to play and tinker with. And I think we're only just getting started. Yeah, that's fair. 
Well, cool. And, and to be clear, I'm not going to tell you how to do that today. Uh, <laughs> I, I know Parker, Parker talks about the why and how of gathering, but I, I, will do, I will not talk about the why or the gathering. You have to read the book for that. Um, yes. But I do, and when we get into it, uh, you know, first we can talk a little about how I came to maybe read this book. But yeah. uh, eventually I, I want to share a little bit from the book about, you know, like what is gathering? Yeah, yeah. All right, so, but you you just mentioned the why. This is kind of what blew my mind when I started reading this book is she said, think about why you are gathering to have the event you're having. You know, whether it's a dinner party with your coworkers or just to get together with your friends from high school or whatever, you know, think about why. And then all of a sudden, everything else becomes clearer, right? You know, you start wondering, oh, do I invite this person's wife or not? You know, if you think about what the purpose of your gathering is, it helps answer the other questions. And that that shocked me because I, it's so obvious once you, you hear it. But I think most people struggle with that. Uh, did you have a, seri- a similar experience? Um, yeah, well, let, let, I'll, I'll run with that here. Let's, let's do that. And um, I'll share just a, another, uh, uh, just, just something that was coming up for me is that in that chapter on purpose, she talks about how, how most gatherings do have some purpose people can articulate. Um, and and they, they, the, the purposes feel worthy and they feel respectable. But really, they're just basic and bland. So, you know, it's not just that we need purpose. Like, we need a really good purpose. Like, like one that, that can really fuel an entire, entire gathering, an entire event. And, and Parker talks a lot about, you know, what happens when conflicts arise in the gathering. Uh, plans fall short. Um, things don't go the way as expected. And you need something like a, a, a purpose, an anchor, or, or a, a point on the map, you know, to keep, to keep telling you where to go forward. And, and that's why purpose is so important. I think that's why she starts out with it in chapter one. That's right. Yeah. I heard about this book from you because you love to quote this book. And, and that's how I got started. How did you find out about Priya Parker? Did you see her TED Talk or any of those things first? No, I, I wasn't aware that I'd, I'd sort of run into her anywhere, but a friend of mine who's a master gatherer herself um, Ooh, and teaches people how to gather, yeah, uh, Eliana, um, she, is a, she is a light in this world, um, and she recommended the book to me, and it was a, it was a good, timely recommendation, one that she, the one that she has, has found uh, useful in her, in her work, in her life. Interesting. So does she do similar things where she gets called in by companies or she's just an expert gatherer at bringing different people from her life together? As long as I've known her, she's always been gathering and always like helping make the gathering better. And she she does. She works with synagogues and family communities and adult communities and, and summer camps for kids. Um, all sorts of places, both leading very transformative gatherings, typically through song and music, um, and also through text study. Um, and she does a good good job with that. That's really cool. Yeah, which which, which is also not not so different from where I got my uh, my gathering start. It was often I, early on, I was a, I led sing-alongs. Oh, really? Uh, for a long time. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that I I, th- I think uh, there's no better gathering than a gathering in song. Really, some powerful stuff can happen there, and see a lot of what what we try to 
make happen during a, a, a sort of verbal gathering, conversational gathering, you can sometimes see it and, and sort of feel it a little bit better when, you, when it's happening in a, in a gathering of, of collective song. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, in the orchestras I've played in, it's amazing how much politics there are between, you know, this person doesn't want to play in a concert with this other person. And, you know, they can, it can get messy and complicated. But at the end of the day, when everyone shuts up and starts playing their instrument and the conductor starts going, that purpose is so overwhelming that, you know, all of the other stuff falls to the wayside until, until the next break when, you know, people start complaining again. All right, so moving on from the why, what was the next, your next favorite part of the book that you think that people who are considering reading the book need to read the book for? I made a little list of some things that are in the book. Sure. Uh, and so I'll just, maybe I'll, ram, I'll ramble this list real quick, and then maybe I can, I can share a couple of uh, quotes that, that kind of bring them, bring them to life. Sure. So what, what, what's in this book is, uh, is a question I ask myself. Yeah. Uh, well, there's purpose, and there's wisdom, and there's etiquette, and decision-making, and choice-making. Yes. And there is the beauty, both the beauty and the challenges of inclusivity and diversity. Really some great discussions there. And discussions on power and hierarchy and community and making really hard choices and making really hard choices together. And it's about history and it's science, uh, it's, it's mysticism, and it's just good practical advice in less than 300 well-written pages. <laughs> yes. I agree. And each one of those triggers uh, the essay. And I'm like, oh, that's right. The book would not be as good without that section. Yeah, no, it's, it's really just rich. I mean, one, one section, um, I mean, the wisdom comes from all over. There's Eastern wisdom, there's, there's Western wisdom. Um, one part I like, she talks about the, um, the wisdom of a, of a Japanese tea ceremony. Um, she talks about uh, this, this idea of Ichigo Ichi-e. She uh, describes as one meeting, one moment in your life that will never happen again. Mm -hmm. I, I think that captures some of the, the, the magic that she sees in gatherings, which is that there, we can talk about, about designing gatherings, but ultimately you, you have to remember that each one is unique. Each one has to be treated as something uh, individual and, and uh, experienced just when it's, when it's happening. And at a certain point, uh, it's the, the, the music. And you have to read the room. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the room has to become readable and then it has to become read. Right, exactly. I'm looking here at the notes I took, and I actually wrote the same exact quote that you wrote down. Oh, that's um, great. But I have another one. And that's a good one. Share. So towards the end, she talks about being a benevolent host, but being a little bit of a dictator, because you are the person with the vision, the why, and you're inviting people over. And she talks a lot about how a lot of people like to be, you know, cool. They like to create the gathering, invite the people over, make the food, and let the gathering kind of take its, you know, run its course automatically. And I, I was guilty of that. And so when she said, no, 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 it's on you. You, are, you have this responsibility to make sure that everybody has a good time, right? You know, it gives you purpose. But when, to have her explicitly say that, if I can quote her, she says, protecting your guests is a is in a short about elevating everyone's right to the collective experience above anyone's right to ruin the experience. So it you know it's about the gathering it's not about any one person who you know when we're left to our own devices we go off and we can you know start talking about our job or you know the least interesting things about us right that make other people cringe and as the host 
It's your job to put people together who don't know each other, to prevent people from, you know, staring at their phones or breaking into cliques that, you know, hang out together already on their own, right? And so I just found that very powerful when she's saying, no, you know, if you're going to host something, you need to do it right. And you need to to really find your vision and figure it out. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's work to be done as a host. This is reminding me of two parts here. You know, it, being, a, being a host, you have to make choices, right? In a, in a gathering, and an experience, choices have to, have to happen. Otherwise, yes. otherwise, you're just allowing, you know, the world to, to move you. But um, choices have to be made. And um, she has this great line, in, in a world of infinite choices, which sometimes it can feel like it's a world of infinite choices, uh, yeah. or infinitely equal choices, maybe. Choosing one thing is the revolutionary act. Imposing that restriction is actually liberating. You know? Exactly. There's, there's, a, there's a way to you know, put the relatives who are at each other's throats at the same wedding table um, and have it be a disaster. But there's another way to do it in which it creates that freedom that would make it a life-changing event for those people. Right? Um, you have to take action and sometimes even take risks on behalf of the group. Um, and just as I'm, I'm flipping through here, another, uh, yeah, she, she has this beautiful part, um, later on, she said, Parker writes, the meaningful gatherer doesn't fear negativity, though, and in fact, creates space for the dark and the dangerous. Yeah. Right. So not only is a host there to make things good and positive and nice and joyful, but they're there to, to, to steward along the, the human work of confronting the dark and the dangerous. Yes. Right? Because that's where a lot of the, the greatest meaning, the greatest purpose, the greatest uh, continuity and, and creation comes from. Right. She's got it all in here. Yeah. And she talks, mostly it's about, it's not little tools and tricks to, you know, change your gathering. Mostly it's a very holistic view. But she does have that one section where she talks about how, they would have special, you know, meetings for entrepreneurs, but like they had rules when you showed up, right? Like you couldn't tell them what you did or what you're selling or who you work for, right? And so it was encouraging people to, I guess, leave their their good side of themselves aside and to kind of expose their vulnerable side, the things that they're struggling with. Because like you said in the beginning, you know, we're, we're meeting to solve problems that we can't solve on our own, right? And And that was just such an interesting thing to say because everyone wants to show up they want to feel important valued competent right and to to be told to try the opposite when meeting new people is is crazy right that's what she's telling us to do and it's i mean i guess it's a pathway to to enlightenment or something yeah we're gathering to solve problems so it would be sometimes we can solve problems better together but sometimes problems like should be solved together you know, there's certain problems that we can, we can, we have a choice to treat them as individual or collective problems. And yeah, it's in, in the collective and the gathering sometimes, whereas we're, oh, and, and like you, you hit on with the rules. Uh, I mean, that's, that's part of the, the constraint that, that makes possible the freedom. That's right. And she has this great section on what she calls pop-up rules. Yeah. And uh, I would expand that to think of like a pop-up world. I mean, a gathering is a it's a whole world that you can occupy with other people where you can actually have different rules. 
um, or explicit rules, or you can play with the, the tacit rules, the etiquette, the, the understanding. Yeah. Um, you can do all these things and experiment and you can develop yourself, transform yourself, solve problems, make decisions, do all sorts of things inside of that. And that hope when, and then hope when the gathering ends that it will carry on with you afterwards and, and will help you be more practiced in, in sort of making it happen in the spontaneous gatherings that, that make up, you know, all interactions of life. Exactly. That's a great, great analogy. So in considering the gathering of, you know, reading this book and talking about it, what, what big things do you think it has left you with? And who do you think needs to read this book? What am I taking from this book? I, I, I just want to hit back on one thing that, that you had mentioned, which is how Parker talks about how a, 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 a host or a facilitator might you know, impose something on us as we come into the room. And, and it can be really challenging, particularly when you're meeting, maybe it's a gathering of strangers or something. Right. Um, and one of the, the, the parts that, have, that has stuck with me quite a lot and has influenced my own thinking is a little section she has on gathering with strangers. And I, I just want to read this here. Go ahead. The, the, the power of the stranger lies in what they bring out in us. With strangers, there's a temporary reordering of a balance act that each of us is constantly attempting between our past selves and our future selves, between who we have been and who we are becoming. Your friends and family know who you have been, and they often make it harder to try out who you might become. In front of a stranger, we are free to choose what we want to show, hide, or even invent. I, I would just I would just add or sum that up with the word tinker. Sometimes it's really hard to play with yourself as you're going through developments and transformations. It's, it's hard to do that in front of people that that have a clear understanding of who you are already. And it's nothing bad about them, but it can just be hard to tinker in front of them because you're constantly tripping up their expectations of you. And it creates a lot of discontinuity. It's true. And so there's something so valuable about talking with someone who doesn't know you, someone who doesn't share some of your common thinking and jargon and typical stories. And I had this experience over the summer, oh, yeah. uh, uh, this previous summer, after, after going through and reading Parker's book, when I, was, uh, I joined this uh, online uh, uh, professionals uh, meetup called Lunch Club. And every week I would have an hour-long conversation with a new person from around the world. That's really and cool. They were, yeah, it was, it was deep and, and generally serious and intentional. And we wanted something out of the experience. And so we worked hard to, I think, use each other and, 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 and at times try on a new hat, try out a new self, tinker with a, a part of our development and get, get kind of good at it before we wanted to go and introduce it to the people who knew us really well uh, and the person we had been. Um, yeah. To practice our becoming with a stranger. That's really cool. You know, with what you're just talking about, there's a lot there that reminds me of travel. And I think why I like to travel and why others like to travel because you're going and you're go immersing yourself in a new culture with new people. And it's exactly that. There's none of that judgment. People don't know the history of your life. Right. And I remember one time, my first time going to Berlin, I did a bicycle tour, which was fantastic. 
And the guy asks me what my name is. And I, I realized I, my name can be anything I want. I told him my name is Bruce. And my, I was Bruce for the day. And it was fantastic. And I, I almost tried making my own personality as Bruce. It, it was everything you're talking about, being able to try out new things, being able to to live a, you know, that day without any of the judgment or having to work around that, that perception that you're trying to put up um, with people that know you, right? And that can be very powerful. Yeah. I, this is where I really feel like the wisdom of this book shows through. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, take anything, right? And just just pay attention to the, the, the kind of judgments that are naturally made between the people engaging in it. Right. And, and just how can you readjust that? Can you readjust it online through Zoom? Can you readjust it by engaging with a stranger? Can you readjust it through some pop-up rules that are explicitly discussed ahead of time? Yeah. Um, there's all sorts of beautiful things. It's all because of this. I'm going to bring you to my favorite quote of the book, which you know. Okay. It is in gathering that we meet those who could help us. And it is in gathering that we pretend not to need them. It's the damnedest thing. Yeah. I do this all the time, many times a day, even with the same people. Even during an, an amazing gathering, I will, my, I, will, I will not know this. I will forget it. And then she adds, by the way, uh, it is in gathering that we meet those who could help us, and it is in gathering that we pretend not to need them. And she adds, because we have it all figured out. Right. And that just speaks to me as the kind of attitude of, of both, I, I know enough, I don't need to be vulnerable, I don't, I don't need to, to try to look for something from, with somebody else that I can't get on my own. Yeah, it's just this attitude that we carry with us yeah. that is, is a lack of openness it's just a, it's a closing of our mind, a closing of our, our body, of our person to experience, to, to relationship. And um, I think my, my, my sense is that like whatever this, all of this is, is it's not meant to be done alone. The best stuff is to be had between. between. That's really beautiful. I agree. Should I bring it home here? Should I tell you who this book is great for? Almost. We've got one question before then. Perfect. Speaking of passing judgment, if you had to, you know, give a rating of this book on a one to five scale, you know, in the context of, of the genre, so we're not comparing this to Lord of the Rings, we're comparing it to other books where people give you advice, um, you know, one being a bad book that's waste yeah, your time yeah. five being the book that changed your life and you're now going to become a buddhist monk in tibet where would you put it on that com- on that continuum you know uh to to quote someone who knows more about this than me i would just say i say that um i like you don't have to take my word for it <laughs> lavar burton right there you go um but for me and i read this book i almost a year ago and it's been a part of my life a big part of my life for almost a year i think that says it all so it's, it's a five yeah yeah for me find your own there's there's some magic in the book i appreciate that all right and so speaking of that yeah there is there is take us home so who needs to read this book well who is this book good for who could who might it be good for well leaders Leaders, leaders specifically of people, yeah. leaders of people and professionals of all sorts and all businesses 
and educators and artists and parents and friends and humans in general and those young people and the old people and if you're putting on a gathering uh, like a dinner party or a wedding or a birthday or a fundraiser or a funeral it's for you and i will say if you find yourself uncomfortable or struggling in any type of gathering whatsoever i find understanding some of the mechanics of gatherings and the subjective experiences of others to be one of the best ways to find a natural rhythm waves to ride positive social transformation in myself and this book has been a great companion on that journey so i would say you can you can read all of the world's great books or you could just take to heart the wisdom of priya parker's book and i think you do dang i'll tell her you said that i think she'll be appreciative Perfect. I appreciate that. I'm kidding. Maybe I'll tweet her. When when you when you do, let her know. Yeah. It's really I, I just I you know I've, I I I'll just say I've kept this on my my desk pretty much for a year. I've moved around like two or three places and I've just kept it on my desk wherever I go. It's on my desk. That's great. amazing. Good companion. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ben. This has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah, Noah, thank you. Yeah, I've really 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 enjoyed this. I'm 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 so excited to uh to hear all the great episodes to come. Thanks for listening to Books with Noah. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. You can also visit our website, bookswithnoah.com. Bye.